You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm not sure if I would stay in the Radio Hall of Fame. Let's decide how this works uh, on this show today. But uh, on fumes right now. Seton and myself are uh, on fumes for for different reasons. We're on fumes today, but uh, we had a great time, or so we were told last night. But uh, gang's all here, ready to go on this Friday. Brady Quinn will join us on loan from Fox Sports. We'll uh, recap college football or get you ready for college football. Recap last night with the Packers. Vince Vaughn, Mr. Chicago himself. Uh, Vince will join us coming up a little bit later on. And the former Bear wide receiver Tommy Waddle, who worked for ESPN One. 1,000 here in Chicago will stop by as well. Play of the day, poll question, stat of the day. McLovin has the honors with a uh, poll question as well. Wonderful night last night. The Danettes got all dressed up. You would have been so proud of them. But I will say that when we got to the airport, if you've seen the movie Coming to America, where Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, they dress up, try to dress up as New Yorkers. Well, Seton and I are at the airport, and Todd comes in, and he's got everything Chicago on. He had his uh, Chicago Blackhawks uh, hoodie on. He had a Chicago Cubs hat on. All free stuff, by the way. I don't know if you had anything else Chicago-related, Todd, but uh, you walked on the plane and everybody thought, boy, that guy's trying really hard to act like he's from Chicago. Yeah, I look like I just got off the boat. I had the Cubs hat on, the Blackhawks sweatshirt. Yeah. If I had other Chicago-related stuff, I probably would have worn that as well. And, uh, yes, yeah, You know what's funny about events like last night, too? That when we go to them uh, and you meet all of these people, they're always like, wow, look at you guys. You guys can clean up. <laughs> and it's like, how are we presenting ourselves on TV? Are we really that sloppy? that people are like, hey, look, at you got a tie on, huh, big guy? Like, and, what the heck? Yeah, 43 and, years old. And Seton and I got to the airport, and we looked around for Todd, and then they were starting to board. <laughs> and I go, is it a better story if Todd makes it or does it make the, uh, the, the flight? So we were ready to get on, and I didn't see Fritzy, and I thought, oh, my God, Todd is going to miss the flight to Chicago. Were you rooting for that? Uh, was I rooting for that? <laughs> yes, I was. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's honest. No, no, I, I thought, respect that. No, it's all about content. I thought it would have been a, a, a better story there. You don't know me by now? Like, I, I'm usually sitting there like four hours before boarding. There's no way I would have missed the flight, especially a night like last night. Yeah, but Seton and I looked around. We didn't see you. Normally, we can, we can find you pretty easily normally. Yeah. Uh, and then it wasn't until I was boarding the plane and I saw this guy clearly going to Chicago based on the way he's dressed. Todd looked like a guy who lost all his clothing and went shopping at a gift shop at O'Hare Airport. Hey, there's a Chicago Blitz jersey. Uh, it was a great night last night. My family surprised me. My children flew in. Um, Will Farrell, by the way, gave the introduction to my <laughs> Hall of Fame speech. And uh, this is what it sounded like. Now, we, since we're not on TV today, just radio, we'll post the video. You'll be able to see Will Farrell. But this is what it sounded last night before I gave my Hall of Fame speech. Hi there. I, um, I am extremely honored uh, to speak on behalf of my dear... Dear, dear, dear friend, Dan Patrick, as we commemorate his induction into the Radio Hall of Fame. Um, Dan, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I, I told myself I wouldn't get emotional, and uh, I'm not. <clears throat> but I just know that when you... S <laughs> I just know that when you started out in your business, your one goal was to get into the Radio Hall of Fame. And gosh darn it. <laughs> Hold on, let me compose myself. 
Gosh darn it! You did it, Dad! It's the Radio Hall of Fame! And no one can ever take that away from you! No one! And no one thought you could do it! No, so many people would stop you on the street and tell you you're never gonna make it into the Radio Hall of Fame. Well, guess who's laughing last? You! I'm so embarrassed. Hold on one second. I'm so proud of you, Dad. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. Now, Will will tilt his camera down when he said he's trying to compose himself. So he pours water on his face to make it seem like he's crying. And, you know, the tears are flowing as the camera comes back up when he does it for me. But uh, he crushed it. It was great. And uh, people there loved it that uh, they were surprised that, you know, when you have somebody introduce you, whether it was, you know, somebody close to you or family member or whoever. And I just asked Will Ferrell, it's like, uh, hey, would you introduce me? And he said, how much time do I get? And I go two minutes. And he went 147. And I said, you went 147. He goes, I didn't have 13 more seconds to say anything good about you. And I go, okay. 147 it is, but uh, my thanks to Will Farrell who uh, did a wonderful job with that. Yes, McLeod. Okay, I don't want to go negative. Oh. Well, it's just, it was an unbelievable night. There were so many rounds of applause, and there was a huge introduction to the Danettes. Uh, oh. Basically, this is what happened last night. <laughs> Jack the intern would get, uh, a, you know, a shout out from somebody getting inducted, and the whole place would go crazy with applause. Yeah. Then Todd Fritz, Stephen O'Connor, Paul Pass, and Andrew Perloff were introduced, and it is silent. Yes, I heard a fork drop like <laughs> three, three tables away. I know. I know. And and I, I felt bad, but there was nothing I could do. Like, there was no applause sign where they would clap for you. You could have cheered. You could have clapped. You didn't clap. I looked. Nobody was clapping. I, Me I, and Todd were the only two people in the whole room clapping we, for ourselves. We had to clap for ourselves. We, we started doing, like, a, a crowd mover. I know. I know. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I think we think we're big, but we're not. And yes, Seaton. Right, because like Andrew said, like somebody else would be up there, you know, like I don't know, Kim Commando would be like, and Stacy posting everything to Instagram. Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> please went nuts. And hey, all right, how about uh, the Danettes? And, and, and that's what it sounded like. <laughs> it did. Completely it silent. Did. This isn't being exaggerated for radio to the point where I was at the table, and after about five or six seconds, I go, "Thank you for the thunder ovation," <laughs> and the whole table broke up. <laughs> I know. I know. I tried. I, I did. I, I felt bad, but it, it kind of, and I said, oh, you know, I'd never be here without the Danettes, and you guys, you know, you made radio fun again. And it sounded just like that. <sighs> Nobody said anything, did anything. Nobody applauded. I felt bad. They went nuts. You mentioned some program director from 30 years ago in Dayton, and they were like, yeah, yeah, go Bill. Yeah. Yeah, no. Go Bill. <laughs> like, yeah, classic rock that rocked, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? The night wasn't about us, Dan. It was no, about you. Yes, it was. Completely. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Almost Todd. entirely. Yes, they, they were even applauding like call letters of stations. The WPXO in Des Moines. Like they were getting <laughs> just letters of I a know, radio station. I know. Tallahassee's light rock. And, you know, the Danettes had great seats. They were right up front. 
so everybody could see them and then everybody could see that nobody was applauding for them as they looked around the room. Yeah, Paulie. We had a table and we knew most of the people at the table. Then Seat and I are on one side, Fritzy and uh, McLovin are on the other, and there was a buffer seat between us. Like, oh, we got a buffer seat. And then this guy came in and sat down. He was about five foot eleven. I would say he's maybe like two hundred and fifteen pounds. He was mostly bald. And he had a gray suit on. It was like we had an understudy for Fritzy in case something went bad. That was bad. like the exact description of <laughs> like, like a stunt double. Like a, if Fritzy get, yeah. goes down, yeah. a, like a yeah. seat filler unless you had to go to the bathroom. Exact description of me, except I'm, I was shorter and way more than yeah. the guy that was sitting next to yes. me. Yes, yes. If, if you weren't able to make it today, that guy would have stepped in in your place, Tom. And he, was, and he was trying to be funny at the table, like making like an I would, like I would, and also getting like no reaction from anybody at the table. Uh, This program brought to you by Breeders' Cup. From every corner of the globe, they come. The best thoroughbreds from around the world. One goal in mind, the title of world champ. Visit breederscup.com slash 2021. More information. Catch all the action November 5th and 6th only on NBC. We were watching bits and pieces of the Packers and Cardinals last night. Uh, because the ceremony was going on. If we went to the bar, then we would try to watch on our phone. And I only saw at the very end with the interception. But we'll recap that with Brady Quinn. Uh, He'll join us coming up. Here's Aaron Rodgers after the win last night. I was texting with some friends today, and I said, uh, I love when the odds are stacked against us. I feel like we kind of just takes all the pressure off, and, and we just relaxed and played really loose. When the Packers took a quarterback in the 2020 draft, everybody thought that the franchise was doing Aaron Rodgers a disservice because we thought they would draft and they needed to draft wide receivers. The problem with that theory is Rodgers keeps winning no matter who he's throwing to. So last night he doesn't have Devontae Adams, doesn't have Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Alan Lazard. They had receivers nobody had ever heard of except for Randall Cobb. Top target was his running back, Aaron Jones. But once again, Rodgers found a way to win, beating the Cardinals. And not that it was easy, because they got lucky with a late interception. And once again, it proves how brilliant Rodgers is. And the game plan, really, as well. Because they ran the ball. And Rodgers took advantage when he could. It seems like everything's good with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And the front office. And maybe they're... Issues are gone. But for now, the Packers rolling. Rodgers is happy. They have a good nine days before they face the Kansas City Chiefs. But that's a big win last night. You don't have your two best receivers. You don't have two of your starting offensive linemen. And you beat an undefeated Cardinals team. Now, it feels like this is more about the Cardinals aren't who we thought they were instead of giving the Packers credit. Because it's not a good story if you give the Packers credit. But, you know, everybody has injuries. Cardinals had injuries. But A.J. Green ran the wrong route. Now, that's plain and simple. That's what happened. Here is uh, Kyler Murray on what happened with the interception inside the final minute. I know he's hot. You know, um, emotions running high. Obviously, after the fact, it's, you know, we both know we weren't on the same page. And uh, it cost us. But, you know, we'll be better because of it. You know, I like what he said there because A.J. Green clearly, I I think they checked at the line of scrimmage from what I'm reading and changed the play because if you watch A.J. Green, it looks like he's blocking or he's not involved, doesn't think he's going to be involved in the play instead of kind of boxing out the defensive back and he would have made the game-winning touchdown. Or, you know, worst-case scenario, he's able to knock the ball down, they kick the field goal, and we go into overtime. But it's a big win for the Packers, but, you know, they got a tough schedule coming up. Because you got Kansas City, 
you got the Vikings, you got Seattle, Russell Wilson will be back with Seattle, and then I think you have the Rams after that. Is that right, Nick Levin? Yeah, it goes at Kansas City, Seattle, which you think Russ will be back for that. It's November 14th? Yes. And then at Minnesota, Rams, by Bears, at Ravens. All right. What's the poll question we're going to go with today? So I already put it up. Okay. Because we want to catch Paul Paps in a lie right here. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The okay. question is, would you rather be a Hall of Fame quarterback, right. like, I don't know, Dan Fouch or Warren Moon, or a Super Bowl winning quarterback, like, say, Jim McMahon or Joe Flacco? So this is off your Hall of Fame induction. Okay. Of course, you're a Hall oh, of Famer. Okay. Yes, you, sir. You don't have a Super Bowl ring. You've handed out many. I've, I've handed out the trophy. So ring, you have immortality in a town. Joe Flacco in Baltimore can you never pay for a drink again. He's all good. Jim McMahon, I mean, we all know what Jim McMahon... Yeah, but, but walks what, what if Joe Flacco doesn't live in Baltimore? Like, then it doesn't really matter if he lives in Jersey. I have a tough time not picking a Super Bowl ring. And I'm probably, maybe I'm being okay. not altruistic, but I, I think that's what I go with. Super Bowl. You're the Hall of Famer. Um... Yeah. Do we call you the Hoff now? No, I, you know, I thought about it and some people were calling me that last night and, uh, you know, it was, it was a little uncomfortable. You know how Jim Nance always says, Sir Nick Faldo. I don't want that. I mean, you can, but I'd prefer you didn't, you know, just like Dan. Dan is good or boss. Hoff Patrick. Hoff. No. You know, like uh, uh, Joe Buck always introduces the Hall of Famer Troy Aikman yeah. next to him. Maybe we go, oh, well, now we're sit- here's Hall of Famer Dan Patrick. Okay. You know what? Maybe Bob, who does our uh, voiceover stuff, could say, and now here's your Hall of Famer, Dan Patrick. I mean, we can, but uh, it seems a little pretentious. Should we change the name of the show? Ooh. ooh like the Dan Patrick show hosted by Hall of Famer Dan, Dan Patrick? Patrick? Yeah, get your name in twice. That's mm, Hall of Fame. That is Hall of Fame yeah. as... Yeah. All get out. What's better, Hall of Famer or Sir something? Being Sir. Sir is pretty good. Yeah, but it's... No, nah, I don't want to be Sir. You don't want to be Sir? I don't, don't want to be you, knighted. I don't know if you've been in discussions no, with the royal not. family. No, I have not. No. They got other things to worry about. Taking your name out of the consideration. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Sir Dan Patrick sounds great, though. Yeah. yeah. Got it, no, I mean, it's nice, but no, I... You know, I'm just a regular, normal guy. Midwest roots, you know, corn... Corn-fed good looks. That's it. Todd, go get me some coffee, please. I'll be right there. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, all right, we'll take a break. We'll talk to uh, Brady Quinn. He'll join us on loan from Fox Sports. We'll get to phone calls. It's just a regular day. It's not a meet Friday because we didn't bring the Traeger with us, but uh, maybe the boys in the back, uh, you know, back uh, back home can have the Traeger fired up. Yes, he Paul took me to some place yesterday to get a sandwich <laughs> and they put about 45 pounds of meat on it and it was like <laughs> I was sweating. The like, name of the sandwich beef. was the 45 pound meat sandwich. <laughs> yeah. It was Italian beef and I said and I said put Polish sausage or Italian sausage on top so it was a little turf and turf and Seton opened up. He's like, oh, my God. Like, good grief. What am I supposed to do with this? Paul's like, it's just a little base coat to get it set for, the, for dinner. I'm like, holy. All right. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll settle on our poll question. Brady Quinn joins us next here on the Dan Patrick Show. I mentioned we didn't bring our Traeger, but uh, the guys back home, from what I'm being told, they're going to fire up the Traeger later on, fueled by the all-natural hardwood pellets. Traeger grills really enhance everything you cook. Incredible wood-fired flavor. On top of that, Traeger offers versatility to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, barbecue. It's called six-in-one versatility. Possibilities are endless. 
uh, pulled pork, pizza, pie, cocktails. Traeger does it all, makes cooking delicious food incredibly simple. You control the grill's temperature as easy as if it was an oven. You just set the temperature you want, and Traeger will do the rest for you. They have Wi-Fi or technology. You can control the grill right from your phone using the Traeger app. That means you can monitor what you're cooking, change the grill settings, and you don't even have to wait for a timeout or leave your couch. You can learn more. Go to your local dealer. Visit TraegerGrills.com slash DP show. If you want to have a Hall of Flame meal, you can. You can download all of their recipes that they have. And anything we cook on Meat Friday, we always put those recipes on the newsletter. TraegerGrills.com slash DP show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Uh, poll question, we got that. Uh, play of the day and stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP Show. We say good morning to our Peacock streaming partners. And you can download that app for free and watch all three hours. Also, radio affiliates around the country. He's Brady Quinn, who joins us on loan from Fox Sports, Fox Sports Radio, co-host of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, along with LeVar Arrington and Jonas Knox. And uh, you can catch them weekdays, 6 till 9 a.m. Eastern, which uh, leads right into our show. Brady joins us from East Lansing, the Fox Big Noon kickoff between Michigan and Michigan State, which we'll get to coming up in a moment. Brady, thanks for joining us. Uh, Let me go back to the uh, last play for the Cardinals last night with Kyler Murray and A.J. Green. How does it work when you go to the line of scrimmage if you have maybe two plays? It felt like maybe they changed the play and A.J. Green you know, thought he wasn't involved in the play. How does that work with that miscommunication? Well, here's what I'll start off by saying is, you know, usually if you have two plays called, everyone's aware of it, and so they're looking for, given the look from the defense, and especially the way the Packers are playing down the stretch, they're looking for that look that's going to get you to the second play, right? And in that case, it would have been that very look that you saw, meaning an all-out blitz. You know, some people call it blitz zero, I've been in a defensive system that called it cover nine, but whatever you want to call it, an all-out blitz would trigger that sort of response because it seemed like, look, Arizona wanted to run the football, to work time off the clock, to be in a position to not give Aaron Rodgers any time if they ended up kicking a field goal. But in that instance, what I'm guessing happened was Cliff Kingsbury gave Kyler Murray or gives Kyler Murray the ability to off of a run play like that if you get a look simply look out to your receiver and give him a back shoulder fade, a slant, any sort of route like that. And Kyler Murray gave him that, thinking that you know he's going to have the ability to win a one-on-one matchup versus Rasul Douglas, but clearly didn't appear to be looking for the football at all. It was a perfect throw, perfect placement. The only thing missing was, was the execution of communicating to the receiver what route he has. Um, so disappointing these sorts of things happen uh the reality is that's that's the little small kind of details that make the difference between winning and losing in the nfl okay but when you go to the line of scrimmage do you give aj green a look or a signal or a word that he knows i like that you got man coverage and you're taller than him and it's a back shoulder fade or whatever it's going to be because if aj green turns around worst case scenario he knocks the ball down Exactly. No, it could be any one of those three. You know, it could literally be 
you know, you're walking to the line of scrimmage, you give him some sort of gesture, a signal. You know, I remember calling some Arizona Cardinals games when Kyler Murray had first got there. And one of the things he said to me, I'll never forget this, we're at a production meeting, and he's like, yeah, everyone needs to get up on my level. And I was, like, taken back by this because, you know, I'm not really knowing Kyler that much outside of his one year starting at Oklahoma. But all he was saying was he knew, knows this offense. You know, he was with Cliff Kingsbury back when they were in the college days together. So he understood the verbiage. He had a really strong understanding of what Cliff wanted from it. Mm. And he was basically just saying, yeah, everyone's trying to get up to my speed on what we're trying to do every single play. And this is an instance where you're working to a player who just got there this offseason. You don't have time to develop the sort of nonverbal communication where when the game's on the line in the heat of the battle, you know, you can just look out there. You know, I had that sort of relationship with, you know, receivers or players. What was that, Notre Dame with Jeff Samarja or a guy like Braylon Edwards, you know, when I got to Cleveland? You know, you just develop that sort of rapport over a couple of years where you just look and you both are kind of making eye contact and saying, yeah, I see what you see. Here, and when you're on the same page of what's going to happen, clearly that chemistry is not there yet. But it could be anything from a hand signal. It could be a verbal, something that you would say, or it just could be a look. And, and that's where it gets a little bit dicey where sometimes you catch eyes with a guy and, and you're not saying anything. You're not communicating anything else. It's just a look. And you think he's seeing what you see, but in this instance, he didn't. Prior to the interception, Kyler Murray, 26 for 41 in the red zone this season, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. Last time he threw an interception in the red zone, week 16 last season against the 49ers. Talking to Brady Quinn from uh, Fox Sports. Also, after the game, Kyler Murray, you know, he kind of took the blame or he didn't lay blame on A.J. Green. Uh, How tough is that as a quarterback when you didn't make the mistake, but you're the leader and you sort of have to share the blame. That is, uh, I think, for most quarterbacks, uh, honestly, probably uh, one of the most, uh, I don't want to say rewarding or fulfilling things, but it's, it's being in the position to be the leader and being someone who has the thick skin who can say, yeah, you can put it on me. You know, I used to tell wide receivers in the NFL, I don't care if the ball hit them right in between the numbers. I'd always say to them, because, look, they know they made a mistake. Everyone in the stands knows they made a mistake. Millions of people watching knows they made a mistake. The last thing they want to hear when it's your job is, hey, dude, like catch the football or, or look for the football. And so, you know, most quarterbacks kind of take it almost as a privilege to sit there and say, hey, I could be better. I can do better. Because that helps take some of the blame off of that guy, and they're only going to play for you harder. You know, they're only going to love you more as a quarterback when you share in the blame, you talk about those sorts of things, how, how you can be better. And because the reality is there's a lot of plays that add up to the end result in the game. And even though that one particular play ended up changing the outcome, there's definitely plays throughout the course of the game that you're going to point to and say, yeah, this, this could have made a difference here or this could have made a difference there in the outcome of the game. Both teams are going to be saying that. And so that's the hard thing is we all know that, but quarterbacks have the privilege of being the ones that kind of get to shoulder some of the blame, even when it's not on their shoulders, and unfortunately take the blame when it's also not on them either. 
I think the story should be about the Packers today, but when the Packers are doing well and Aaron Rodgers is doing well, it doesn't seem to be a story. We keep waiting for more drama with Aaron Rodgers, and it's just not there. They're a good team. They did it without their two best receivers, two of their starting offensive linemen. They ran the ball. Randall Cobb, who Rodgers wanted, they went and brought him in, had a couple of touchdown receptions. But it should this be about Green Bay today, or should it be more about is Arizona who we thought they were? Yeah, I, I think that's the conversation. I mean, heck, you know, we do the show before you guys for our Fox affiliates, and that was what we ended up leading off with. And I think that's because of how the game ended, where Arizona had that game in their hands. They're at home on a short week. They're undefeated. They're number one in the playoff picture before the NFC. And that was what this really was about now. Now Green Bay is in the driver's seat. You know, they're the ones that hold that one-game advantage, even though they have the same record at this point. And I think when you look at the past years, Arizona's gotten off to some pretty good starts. And you can even go back to some of Cliff Kingsbury's college years being a head coach, where they've gotten off to good starts at Texas Tech and then started to fizzle as the year went on. And I think that's the concern, and that's the reservations that I've had, is the ability to make those adjustments in the second half of the season, uh, to be able to be the team that I think they're hoping they are at this point. And now they've got to do that, presumably without J.J. Watt, who I think would have made a difference you know, in stopping the Packers' rushing attack last night. And they've got to do it with Kyler Murray, who, you know, maybe he's got a banged-up ankle injury now moving forward. But, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is dealing with a hamstring injury. Like, the, the injuries aren't necessarily mounting up. It's just that point in the season where everyone's dealing with it. And, and can they sustain, can they overcome, you know, dealing with that? Because in past years, that hasn't been the case. So I think what, we've, what we saw last night was the Packers being the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Even though the odds are stacked against them, they still overcome. They find ways of winning in a variety of ways. We've known that about them for a while. It's just about can they get back to another Super Bowl. For the Cardinals, we're still asking the question, are they a playoff team? Has Cliff Kingsbury, has Steve Kimes, this, you know, this team taken that next step? And obviously last night was not a step in that direction. How rough was this past week for the Chiefs? It was rough, but at the same time, you know, I, I think they're going to be able to just clean up some things and, and move forward. I mean, defensively, they can't play much worse. Um, offensively, I, I really do truly believe if they just can find ways of not turning over the football, and it's not all on Patrick Mahomes, you know, you, you saw plenty of issues uh, with their offensive line play last week. I mean, that always flies under the radar, but that group struggled mightily. I mean, there was constant pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and it gets to the point where he starts leaving clean pockets because he's got that internal clock in his head thinking that he needs to get outside the pocket to create something. And this year, unfortunately, he hasn't been great when he has left the pocket. So all those things are kind of piling up on one another. I just think if they can calm down, stop turning the football over, the defense will eventually improve. If you can make the case they improved a little bit last week. I mean, Derrick Henry didn't have – 100 yards rushing, which I think is an accomplishment nowadays in the NFL, given the, the, the streak he's on. So I think if they could just you know, make some subtle and, and little improvements along the way, this is still like if I'm, if I'm their sports book, I don't know what the odds are for them to win the AFC West. I'm still putting money on, on the Chiefs. It's just hard to ever count that team out right now. And it's a no-win situation on Monday night. They're supposed to beat the Giants. The question is, by how much? And you don't get style points in the NFL like you do in college. But if this is a close game, Giants somehow stay in it. 
you know, I think that we're going to have, you know, those standalone games, Brady, that's where everybody has an opinion about everybody or anybody. And that might be one of those that even if the Chiefs win, are they going to win ugly against a team like the Giants? And it's a legitimate question, but in the locker room right now, especially the way the season's gone for the Chiefs, they could care less by how much they win by. They could care less. I mean, they're just trying to get a win, right? They've lost two of their last three, and they feel like if they can get a win on Monday Night Football, remember, they've got a short week the following week, and they've got to take on the Green Bay Packers, uh, who will be well-rested, and, and, and that's always going to be a tough battle. So, uh, they're just looking for a win. They're looking for momentum. They're looking to make improvements, and that's all they're focused on. You know, I mean, and, and I know it's hard to believe that players and coaches, you know, actually have blinders on and they're not looking ahead to the Green Bay game because some people can make this look like a trap game, right? You hear that phrase sometimes. Yeah. The Chiefs are in no position to overlook anyone the way they've played the last few weeks. So I think because of that, they'll find a way of coming out in prime time, putting on a show, and then try to build some momentum on the short week to take on the Packers. It appears as if Baker Mayfield is going to play this weekend against the Steelers. Does that make sense? I mean, we love the hero and the guy who's injured, and he's going to try to limp onto the field here, or in this case with a bad shoulder. Is this smart? I mean, I think if he feels like he you know, can go out there and play at a level higher than Case Keenum or the coaching staff feels like he provides something more than a healthy Case Keenum versus a less than 100% Baker Mayfield, uh, then, then sure, but I, I think with probably what he saw uh, with when Case Keenan went there on Thursday Night Football a week ago is, you know, hey, other people can operate within the system and, and look pretty good. It's not like Case had to light the world on fire, but Baker hasn't done that either. And so given the circumstances of where he's at with contract negotiations, <laughs> given probably some of the talk that's out there after that, like I, I think he wants to prove to the organization and team that he can see this thing through. And, and, and he can be the quarterback that they're hoping he will be. And he can't do that on the bench. So uh, I think that has to play a portion in his head in everything that, that's going on away from the field and in those contract negotiations is he's got to be able to be out there and prove it if he's going to get the contract that he desires. You uh, on Fox will have Michigan, Michigan State coming up this weekend. We, we haven't talked too much about Jim Harbaugh. You know, I, you know, it's one of those, we'll wait till you show us. This is a big game for, how big is this game for Michigan? You can make the case this will be, you know, maybe his first signature win since he's taken over at Michigan. I mean, he's, he's facing an in-state rival, one that at times has gotten the best of him. And it will be by far their toughest challenge this year. I mean, they've only beaten one team with a winning record, and that was Western Michigan, not even a, a Power 5 team. Mm-hmm. So they've got to do that on the road in a nasty environment. I mean, you and I have talked about how nasty that environment is. And, and you know, I, I've, I've got extra security here in East Lansing uh, walking <laughs> around just because of how nasty it is. And I don't think many of the fans here – uh, at Michigan State appreciated me giving some of their secrets away of how they go about mooning their opponents. But I digress. <laughs> um, look, this would be a signature win, I, I think, for Jim Harbaugh. And, and really, I think more importantly, building momentum towards like what they need to be and the formula they need to have in order to beat Ohio State. Because that's – look, I know Ohio State lost to Oregon. If those two teams played right now, I think Ohio State wipes the map with them. Uh, but even further from that, it's, it's more about, like, can you beat the champ to be the champ? Ohio State's the standard. And so Michigan's still working towards that right now. This would be a step in that direction. 
Yeah, they've got Penn State in two weeks and then Ohio State in four weeks. Speaking of Ohio State, big, big favorites against Penn State. Do you think James Franklin can actually coach his way out of being a top candidate for USC or LSU? Maybe at USC. And, and the reason why I say that is because it's L.A. I mean, they listen to every little thing the media says and does, and they like the hot, flashy thing. And if he starts to not be that, I, I do wonder if, you know, potentially that would lead them to look elsewhere. And you've got an athletic director in Mike Bone who knows one of the other hot names or coaches out there in Luke Fickle, who, who I would imagine, you know, since that is going to go undefeated the rest of the way playing their schedule. They only got one ranked opponent left, and that's SMU. And so I think if, if you're looking at USC and, and if you look at the track record of how they've gone about hiring coaches, you know, I think they've you know, kind of relied on either trying to be USC guys or they kind of want that hot name. And the truth is that's not always what's best for your program. So we'll see how this plays out for James Franklin. That spread's big. And i got to be honest with you, I, I think Penn State can keep it close. I don't think they win this game, but I think they can keep this thing close within that number. But I, I do wonder what that'll do in the minds of many of those, you know, deep-pocketed boosters out there who are largely going to be helping to make this decision at USC because they seem to, to listen to a lot of what's out there more so than maybe an LSU or somewhere else. Why do you think Mike Tomlin was offended that his name was brought up? You know, granted, Carson Palmer said to me sort of a wild card name, but it was a wish list there. But, like, Mike Tomlin took it as a slight. Why? I mean, he's, he's been one of the more successful, underrated head coaches in the NFL over the past, what, 14 years he's been there now? I mean, he hasn't had a losing season. He's won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous when you think about it. And I think it's even more ridiculous when you think about him leaving the NFL level to go to Southern Cal, which, you know, obviously needs a complete rebuild. And you've got to recruit, which is like a, a completely separate job as it is. And he's not one of the better jobs in professional sports, definitely in the NFL, with as patient as that organization has been and as, with as consistent as they've been. They've had three head coaches in 50 years. Yeah. Why would he leave that? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of things besides his success uh, and what he's been able to accomplish there, uh, the job that he's currently in, and then kind of just thinking, well, how does that make sense? You know, it's, 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 again, it's almost like, you know, a lot of people are dating on these, like, social media apps, right? And, and then so maybe there's a lot of people who, who like Mike Tomlin's profile, but he's not liking them back or he's not swiping right or left or however that works, you know? He's good where he's at. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't, need, he doesn't need to go to Southern yeah, California. But, 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 Brady, it's a wish list. It's, it's not like he was entertaining it or reached out or third party, and, and it's not like USC was reaching out. Carson Palmer just said, hey, got a lot of names on there and, you know, a wild card. Mike Tomlin, and that's all. Like it's just, hey, I, we we'd love to have Mike Tomlin, uh, and he should take it as that. You know, that's a compliment that that they you, they would want to have somebody of his stature. Yeah, well, maybe he's he's that girl at the bar that you go up and compliment. They don't want to hear it. You know, they, they don't want that. They're not going to take the compliment. You know. They, they oh, I know like that. I, I know that feeling quite well. You don't. <laughs> I do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do we need to go back to your University of Dayton days and talk about some of this? I mean, what all transpired there? Dan? Dude, I had no game whatsoever. Absolutely zero. 
So well, I, I had a wish list, I, but, you know, yeah. nobody had me on their wish list. Let's put it that way. You have a lot more game than, than the young uh, men today, the Generation Zers, that are just texting. They, they can't even talk to someone. They'll text from across the room. I'm not <laughs> sure what that's about. But um, no, I can see your point of, you know, maybe how he went, uh, went about, ha- you know, handling it and, and saying that, yeah, it, it was a compliment. I appreciate it, but I have no interest whatsoever. But, but I think he's trying to bring to light the fact that, like, hey, his name should be mentioned more with the likes of the great head coaches in the NFL in a – you know, Sean Payton in it, Andy Reid. Like, he's got a Super Bowl. Yeah, but, but when, Clay Hilton, when Clay Hilton was fired, people asked Pete Carroll if he was interested in coming back to USC. So it, But that makes sense, right? Because he had been there. He had success there. I mean, we haven't seen a but Super Bowl But he's won a Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl winning right. head coach. I can't. Sure, he didn't but, get offended by it. Well, no, because he's been there before. And by the way, maybe he does want to take that job now <laughs> the way he's going to Seattle. But we haven't seen a, a, a head coach who went to the NFL, won a Super Bowl or more for that matter, and then went down to the college level again since, what, Bill Walsh? And he took like a four-year hiatus. Yeah. So I, I, just, I just think it was really more of a statement, I think, in my mind, in how good of a coach Mike Tomlin's been and the fact that, hey, you're not asking these other great coaches in the NFL if they want to go back to college, you know, in Andy Reid and Sean Payton. Like, I took it more as that, like, hey, like, kind of get my name out of your mouth for some of these college jobs. Like, that's beneath me. I'm one of the best to do it. Like, I think you have to admit, does he not have a Hall of Fame resume? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer right now. I mean, his his career mirrors Bill Cowher, and Bill Cowher is a Hall of Famer. Um, hey, have fun this weekend. Play nice, by the way, in East Lansing. And uh, you can see Brady with the uh, Fox Big Noon kickoff. It's Michigan and hey, Michigan State. Yes, buddy. Just wanted to say congratulations on getting inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame, man. That's special stuff. Uh, you're my favorite. I'm not just saying that because you have me on or – or the show before you guys. I've always loved listening to you and learning from you. So uh, just, you know, congratulations. You could have led the segment with that, Brady. Didn't have to wait till the very end. No, I figured I'd wait because, you know, at that point, you know, I didn't want to, like, butter you up. I wanted to try to get through the segment and then see where it goes, and then we could say it there at the closing remarks, you know? Apology accepted, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bud. Thanks, Dan. Have a good weekend. That's Brady Quinn. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Did you say apology accepted? Yeah, like, yeah. apology accepted. He's uh, like, what? What? Dude, what, are you, yeah. what the heck? <laughs> I like how he's talking about, you know, uh, you know, you go up to a girl at the bar. Brady Brady never had that problem. He they, had a line. It was like, oh, a, it was like a Shake Shack I, when he was at a bar. There's 30 people waiting to talk. I know. He probably had a velvet, you know, rope around him. He had a bouncer. He had a doorman <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, next to see Brady Quinn. All right, we'll take a break. Play of the day up next here. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
For sports fans, fall stands for football. So whether it's your kid on the field, your alma mater, or your favorite NFL team, consider the importance of quality sleep for performance. It's game-changing. No matter if you're an everyday athlete, a pro, or just a spectator, pro athletes receive their schedules at the start of every season. They prepare for their workouts, their sleep habits accordingly. And keep in mind, sleepers who routinely use their Sleep Number 360 smart bed featuring Sleep IQ technology get almost 100 hours more proven quality sleep. That's per year. Sleep Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL because proven quality sleep is game-changing sleep. Save up to $700 on the Sleep Number 360 smart beds plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or at sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. When you go to bed, try to go to bed and wake up at the same time even on the weekends when you don't have to go to work. You need to get into that routine. Sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Patrick and tell him we sent you. Oh my God! The play, the play, play. of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Snap to Murray. Looks, throws right side of the end zone. Intercepted, and it is intercepted by Rasul Butler. And the Packers get the dagger from the former Arizona Cardinal, Rasul Douglas. Courtesy of the Packers Radio Network, play of the day, brought to you by the Breeders' Cup. They come from every corner of the globe. The best thoroughbreds from around the world. One goal in mind, the title of world champ. Visit breederscup.com slash 2021. For more information, catch all the action on November 5th and 6th only on NBC Sports. McLovin, it's a great tradition, and he dresses up for Halloween. We've had John McEnroe. We've had the uh, Pittsburgh Pirate reliever Kent DeColvey. It's some abstract ones. Right. Uh, Steve Prefontaine, former uh, great uh, distance runner, Oregon runner. You ha- well, here we are in Chicago. Yeah. You brought your costume with you? I did because, you know, I, I didn't know whether to do a Wednesday out of nowhere. Yeah, but I feel if I walked into the studio on Wednesday with the costume, be like, what are you doing? Yeah, but we're not on TV today. We're on radio. So I couldn't wait till Monday. First of all, I'm, I'm worried. I put a lot of work into this. What if somebody else does this one? That's what I was worried about. Ooh, okay. Do we write down what we think McLovin's costume is go- going to be? Yes, we're going to write it down, fold it in half. But my question for McLovin is, mm. is there any way to top... 12-year-old Andy Reid punt, pass, and kick? Or do we just assume that's the no. peak? That's it. That's out of like peak rotation. Concert. Yeah, so when I was uh, Andy Reid for punt, pass, and kick, I will never top that again. That was I'm, awesome. I'm not even going to try. Last yeah. year, by the way, I think it was a little underrated. It was Rodrigo Blankenship when he was at Georgia, the kicker with who wears glasses. <laughs> I said. think it was a little underrated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't. I, the fact that it was rated, you should feel Didn't good get about. Didn't the buzz it I deserved. Have, I have another one, too. I once dressed up as Professor Gritty. And then nobody remembered. Remember I had that big orange head on one Halloween? And I came in. You don't even remember. I don't remember. I, wait, wait, wait. The Flyers mascot? Yeah, the Flyers mascot. Except that I had like on a, I was wearing a tweed jacket and I was dressed like a professor from the head down. I was dressed like Gritty from the head up. <laughs> remember I couldn't see and I ran and I knocked over all the stuff in the studio. Another underrated costume, Way underrated. Wait, wait. So you packed your costume to yes. come into Chicago? Yes. I have this gigantic bag. Uh, I basically, uh, I had to check bags it's all worth it okay i'm gonna hand you what i think it is but you don't you don't say yes or no okay i just i just want to let you know that that's i'm wondering if if that is your costume Ooh. maybe okay 
Everybody write down what they think, McLovin. When are you going to reveal this? Uh, how about five minutes in the next hour? Okay. Do you need to go? How long does it take you to put on yeah, this? Yeah, it's going to take me a good 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go down. Okay. 10 minutes? Like, what? Is there like a bodysuit? Is there. Oh, no, I just. Uh, I just. There's a lot of nuance. Is there makeup? Maybe. Maybe makeup. Yeah, I haven't decided yet. Body paint? <laughs> Do you want body paint? Wow. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't want nudity right now. Uh, poll options, are we going to stay with... Yeah, uh, we have a, We have up, by the way. Do you want to be a Hall of Fame quarterback oh, or Super Bowl winning quarterback? 64% are honest. Uh, they want to be Hall of Fame. Okay, is there another poll question we could go with hour two? Uh, well, I have two football questions. Okay. Do you feel better about Aaron Rodgers returning next year is one of them. To do Green I, Bay. Do I feel good about it? Yeah, do you feel good about it? Because you've been sort of on top of this story. I'm curious where you are. Um, well, I thought he was coming back to Green Bay. I want to see how the playoffs work out. Because if, if he goes to the NFC title game and they lose again, I don't know if that means he's coming back. Uh, Vince Vaughn is going to join us coming up next hour. One hour in the books. Two more to go here in Chicago. Dan Patrick Show. One more item as we close out the first hour and our friends from Level Select CBD Sports Creams and Roll-Ons. When you're finished golfing or lifting weights or running around the neighborhood, your body doesn't recover like it once did. And and today is all about sore muscles, post-workout discomfort, and they pop up in new spots all the time. That's why I'm thankful Level Select CBD Sports Creams and Roll-Ons. If it's good enough for pros like Carson Palmer, he spent 15 years in the NFL. Ricky Fowler, Steve Garvey should be good enough for you. I trust Level Select CBD because it's formulated with doctors, high concentration of CBD allows me to feel it work immediately, usually 30 seconds or less, and it's made with 0% THC. I apply the level select directly to those sore spots, and you let that proprietary blend of CBD go to work. Go to levelselectcbd.com, use the promo code DP30. That will give you $30 off your entire order today. $30 off levelselectcbd.com. Make sure you use the promo code DP30. Level Select CBD, sports creams and roll-ons.